What's up? Welcome back to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. Glad to be back on with you guys. It's been a little while. Been about two weeks, I think, uh, since I released my last podcast. And so I'm glad to be back home. Glad to be able to record these and put these out. I wanted to put this episode out yesterday because I felt stirred up about it. But I figured it's 4th of July and uh, people are out doing stuff and watching fireworks and taking 17 videos of the same fireworks. and uh, So I wanted to give people the opportunity just to enjoy 4th of July. But I'm back on. And uh, if you saw my story yesterday about 4th of July, before we get into today's teaching or episode, um, I mentioned that you know if people have recordings of firework displays from previous 4th of Julys, you know, what do you really do with those? You know, do you ever just go over to your friend's house and say, hey, hey man, want to see this uh, recording from 2017 4th of July, uh, these fireworks I saw? You know, I don't think people are doing that. And so for me, I just feel like in the moment on 4th of July, you're with your family, you're with your friends, and you're outside and you're watching the fireworks with your own physical eyes and you're just absorbing and capturing that moment in that present time. You know, that's what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? And hey, I'm not going to criticize anybody if they post fireworks on their stories or social media. It's just for me, it's a little odd. No? Anyways, but I hope you had a great 4th of July. If you're watching this a year from now and you're like, what is he talking about? I'm recording this on July 5th, and so 4th of July just passed, celebrating the independence of the greatest nation on earth, the U.S. of A. And so I hope you had a blessed 4th of July. I hope wherever you are, you had your mask off, you had a firework in your hand, and you had a great day. But anyways, today I want to get into a topic that I think is very important, and uh, I want to speak on relationships And specifically, two kinds of relationships that will ruin your life. And I want to show you this teaching from the Bible. Um, But before I go into the Bible to teach what I want to teach today, uh, I really feel led by the Lord recently. You know, if you follow me on Instagram and stuff, you've seen my lives I've done. And uh, really what it is, is it's two focuses that I feel the Lord leading me to speak on and do Um, preachings and teachings and podcasts and whatever else. And those two things are the Holy Spirit and holiness. The Holy Spirit and holiness. And it's interesting because really those two things go together. Because if the Spirit is holy, then the people that receive that Spirit must also be holy. You know, the Bible says, be holy even as I am holy. The Lord said that. And so... If you don't live a consecrated lifestyle, if you don't live separated, if there are not certain things that you don't do, uh, certain things you don't drink, certain places you don't go, certain things you don't allow your eyes to see, um, it's very difficult for the Lord to use you in the fullness of what He wants to do with your life. And it's difficult for the Holy Spirit to lead you when you're being led by your flesh or worldly desires or things that will take you out of God's perfect will for your life. And so I want to take this specific episode to deal with a major roadblock, in my opinion, and also I believe in the Bible, of something that can derail your purpose, and that's relationships. And I'm not just going to speak about romantic relationships, but I also just want to speak about your friends, people you have in your circle of influence and trust, people that you spend time with every day, I want to show you from the Bible kinds of relationships that the Bible warns us about and uh, show you some stories that I think will help you. Uh, Because if you don't understand how to live a life that's holy, and, you know, they say that you become the average of the five people that you hang around the most. And so it's very hard to live holy if you're constantly spending time with people that are in sin. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It doesn't matter if you pray for 17 hours a day. It doesn't matter uh, how spiritual you think you are. If you just constantly surround yourself 
with people that are going to pull you in an opposite direction. And so I want to show you from the Bible two stories that I think will really help you. And um, I think this episode will be a blessing to you. I want to thank everybody uh, that responded and shared and encouraged me about my last episode about, uh, I called it Killing Cool Christianity. And uh, initially I felt I'd get a lot of uh, pushback on that. And I did. I got some for sure, but mostly it was overwhelmingly positive and people supporting and sharing and, and encouraging me. So I want to thank everybody that listened to that. And even those that didn't like it, you know, I understand when you preach things like holiness or consecration, there will be people that will say that you're a judgmental or a Pharisee and whatever else, uh, but whatever. Um, I want to thank those people for listening too. And if nothing else, I hope it convicted you and uh, a seed was planted for you to embrace that holiness that the Bible says that we should walk in. And um, if you don't know, I know I'm like talking a lot before I get in the Bible, but if you don't know, I just got back from an 11-day trip on the road, um, went to Houston, Texas, and did a youth rally for my good friend, Pastor John Wallace, who pastors a great church in Huntington, Texas. And we had an outdoor youth rally in a park, and I preached there for three nights, and there was um, people filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, there were salvations for young people, and it was good. I really enjoyed my time there. Very hot. Very hot. It was like 95 degrees. It's right on the border of Louisiana, and man, it is hot. And it was outside, but it was fun. And uh, I thought it was a good um, response from the people and and some stuff that went down. It was great. And um, then from Texas, I flew to Boston and then drove to New Hampshire to do a week-long youth camp at a retreat center. And man, that was so powerful. I don't know if you saw the testimonies that were recorded by the camp counselors uh, of the kids that were there that got touched by the Holy Ghost, and many of them were healed and, and filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. A lot of them were able to speak in tongues for the very first time, and people falling out in the joy of the Holy Ghost, and uh, freedom from anxiety and suicidal thoughts and depression. I mean, it was awesome. God really moved. That was really powerful, and uh, I'm very thankful uh, to all those that partnered and helped me with the ministry. You guys are awesome. We're going to see this generation turned around in the name of Jesus. I believe it. And it's going to happen by the Holy Ghost, and it's going to happen by holiness. You know, these two things that the Lord is leading me to speak on recently, we can't do it without the Spirit. You know, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do what he did in his ministry. You know, Acts 10.38, for how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And so if Jesus Christ, you know, the son of the living God, the word made flesh that dwelt among us, if he needed the Holy Ghost to do what he was called to do on the earth, how much more do you and I need the Holy Ghost to see this generation change in the world that we now live in? We need the Holy Ghost. And one of the promises from the Bible about the Holy Spirit is that within the Holy Spirit is righteousness, first of all, interesting. First thing the Bible says attached to the Holy Spirit is righteousness, righteous living, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 14, 17, if you want to write that down. And so we need the Holy Spirit to do what the Lord wants done before Jesus comes back. We can't do it in our flesh. Uh, we can't think of something super intelligent that's going to convince people uh, to live right. We need the Holy Ghost. And so that's what I feel led to speak on. And so without further ado, with all of that preamble, all of that introduction, um, I want you to turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 13. I want to read you a story about a relationship that took somebody's life out. And uh, I think it will really open your eyes to a relationship that the Lord doesn't want you to have. I want to talk about Jonadab today. This is the first relationship. I believe I've titled this two relationships that will destroy your future. And so this first relationship is found in 2 Samuel 13. And I want to talk about a man named Jonadab. And if you're not familiar with this story, it's kind of intense. Um, but the Bible is the Bible. And so I want to read it to you. And so the first type of relationship is the wrong friends. If you take notes for these 
the first relationship I want to talk about today is the wrong friends. And we're going to find that in 2 Samuel 13. And I want to begin reading in verse 1 out of my ESV Bible. The Bible says, Now Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And after a time, Amnon, David's son, loved her. And Amnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar. For she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend. Okay, here comes the thing I want you to see. Amnon had a friend. So the Bible says that it seemed Amnon obviously had an unnatural desire and a sinful desire to be with his sister Tamar, who he thought was beautiful. But the Bible mentions that he thought there was no possible way he could ever commit sin to be with her. But in verse 3, it says he had a friend, and this friend is going to help him commit a sin, and you'll see how it ends up. But Amnon had a friend, verse 3, whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said to him, O son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed. Okay, so here we go. Bible says he's a crafty man. And so here comes a plan of sin from Jonadab to Amnon to commit sin with his sister Tamar. Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, let my sister Tamar come and give me bread to eat and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight, and I that I may eat from her hand. And so I'm not going to read the details of what goes on after this, um, this crafty, evil plan from Jonadab to Amnon. But I'll just paraphrase and tell you that he commits sin against his sister Tamar and forces himself upon her. And as we know from the Bible story that we read, he wouldn't have even committed that sin if it wasn't for a friendship that he had with Jonadab and Jonadab encouraging him and helping him in his sin. And so with this first relationship that will destroy your destiny, it's the wrong friends. It's a relationship that will steal your future. Because Jonadab is that friend that encourages you to sin. I don't know, you know, a lot of times when I preach youth camps or whatever, it's like, I wonder how many of those young people that are there would give me their phone and let me go through their Snapchat and let me go through, uh, I don't know, someone they're texting late at night or something and see what kind of things go on in relationship and what kind of things are being passed around. You know, there's such an attack on our generation to put things before our eyes as we're young and innocent and just growing up that our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, you know, they had to go through so much more effort and jump through so many more hoops to sin and in a way where we now have the ability with a press of a button because we get iPhones at 12 and 13 and through a press of a button we can have access to any sin on the planet. And it's insane because one thing I've learned is that the greater access there is to sin, the more sin there will be. You know, before, if you wanted to see pornography, you know, if you were in my grandparents' generation, you had to go to some dirty movie theater in the middle of town, in the middle of night, and you had to wear a hoodie and hide, and and people were all around, and if they saw you, you'd, be, you'd feel shame, and it was much more difficult to see things that obviously are sinful. But now it's so much access to uh, that kind of stuff in our generation, it's rampant. And I think they say, like, by the time people are 13, they've, they've seen pornography. It's totally evil. And a lot of times it's that friend where they're showing you things that you shouldn't see, they're sending you stuff that you shouldn't be looking at, and they're trying to get you to go down a path that the Lord doesn't want you to. And many times the enemy will send people into your life that appear friendly, that appear kind, that it appears as though they have your best interest at heart. But in reality, they're a device of the enemy 
to make you fall into sin and destroy your future and destroy your destiny. And so that's why I'm taking time on the podcast today to deal with these relationships that will destroy your future. You have to learn, because I know there's many people, they're dependent upon people. They have to be around people. They have to always have plans on the weekend and going out somewhere and seeing something and uh, going to wherever. But you have to get to a place where you're content with yourself and you're not reliant upon a friendship. I'm not even getting into the romantic part of relationship yet. But you have to get to a place where you're comfortable and you're content and you're happy all by yourself in your room. And it doesn't bother you that you're not going out and going everywhere and and with everybody. You know, it's good to keep a small circle of friends that you trust and a small circle of friends that live for the Lord. You don't have to settle for these relationships because you're lonely and you want a friend and you feel like uh, you have to be nice to this person that you know is not living for God because you're quote-unquote witnessing to them. Let me tell you something. They're affecting you more than you're affecting them, period. And so you have to get to a place where you're comfortable being alone and you're satisfied with your relationship with God and you get your fulfillment and your satisfaction and your companionship through a relationship with the Lord, that you don't have to go out every weekend and you don't have to be with these group of people that are doing things that you know are not right. You have to separate yourself and get to a place where you're comfortable, just you and God. And so don't allow a friend like this, a Jonadab, to convince you that sin is not a big deal and convince you that things that you know are wrong are just small and it doesn't really matter what you do and it's just one drink, it's just one look, it's just one touch, it's just one this and one that. No, it starts that way, but it opens up a door to greater things that will just take out your life and take out your future and your destiny. You know, people think that Christianity is about, oh, you know, they just want you to give up the best things in life because they're jealous and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I want to be a Christian, but I have to give up all the things I love. You know, that's not how it works. You know, the wages of sin are death. The wages of sin are death. These things that you think are small and that friend in your life that convinces you they're small, they're not small. They will lead you to the grave. They're, they're leading you step by step to a place of death because that's where sin takes you ultimately. That's the final resting place of a sinful lifestyle, death. But the gift of God, here's the good news, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says, the Lord has laid before us a decision. I set before you life and death, and I would rather that you choose life that you might live. And so there might be some snap streaks <laughs> that you have to end because of this podcast today. Maybe you have a snap streak with a Jonadab that's 317 days long, <laughs> and you got to put an end to it today and say, you know what? I'm making a separation. I'm making a decision to live holy before God. I'm making a, a decision to separate because I would rather be by myself and have a relationship with the Lord than to have all these friends and then la have them lead me to death and have these relationships destroy my future and destroy my destiny in God. That will not be your story in Jesus' name because you'll make a decision that you'll learn from the Bible of things that took place and say, you know what? I don't want to end up like Amnon ended up. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to read further along of what happens to Amnon. Because, yes, Jonadab is that friend that makes you comfortable with sin and he makes you seem like he cares about you. But I want to show you what happens in the end with a friend like Jonadab. I want you to find, I believe from memory, it's verse 30. I want to begin reading. Yeah. Verse 30 of 2 Samuel 13, get this, here's the end of the story. While they were on the way, news came to David. Okay, so let me preface this real quick. So Absalom, David's son, finds out that Amnon violated his sister Tamar and forced himself on her. And so he gets mad. Obviously, if that happened to your sister, you'd get mad. And so it says that he devised a plan to trick Amnon to come to a party to get him drunk so he could kill him. And so he invites Amnon to the feast and he gives him wine to get him drunk. And then once he was drunk, he and his men killed, uh, killed Amnon and all of his people. 
And so he killed Amnon because he violated his sister Tamar. So just like I said, the wages of sin are death. Amnon committed sin with Tamar, and then he was killed by his brother Absalom out of anger because of that sin that was committed. And then you pick it up in verse 30. And the Bible says, while they're on the way, news came to David, King David, Absalom has struck down all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. Then the king arose and tore his garments, David, and lay on the earth. And all his servants who were standing by tore their garments. But Jonadab, here he is again, this guy, <laughs> the son of Shimea, David's brother, said, Let not my lord suppose that they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon alone is dead. Some friend, huh? For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day he violated his sister Tamar. Now, therefore, let not my lord the king so take it to heart as to suppose that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon alone is dead. And so the Bible says that at the end, when Amnon's dead, and Amnon is, I mean, excuse me, not Amnon, Jonadab is with David, and the word comes that all the king's sons are dead. Who's the first guy to speak up and say, oh no, only Amnon's dead? That friend, that liar, that crafty person, that person Jonadab, that in the beginning, he got you into sin. He got you to think it was okay, that it wasn't a big deal. He devised a plan for you to hide your sin and commit it so that you could do what your flesh wanted. But here's the thing about that friend, is that once the consequence of that sin comes, and believe me, there will always be a consequence to your sin. And the ultimate final consequence is death. And in this case, and in this story, the final consequence of Amnon's sin with Tamar was death. And so, after the consequence comes, guess who the first person is that rats you out? <laughs> the first person that speaks about what you did and throws dirt on your name and b backstabs you is that friend, Jonadab that you thought was all for you, that you thought was your buddy, that you thought was your friend, they're the first one that when the going gets tough and when the consequence comes, they're the first one to rat you out. So learn that from the Bible. And, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33 that bad company will corrupt your good manners. And so you, you get in this place, especially if you grew up in church, that, you know what, I'm a I'm an evangelist to my friends and uh, you know, Pastor Preston, uh, I know what you're saying is true and all, but you got to understand, I'm trying to witness to these guys and the, I'm trying to witness to these girls. Let me tell you something. No, you're not. <laughs> you know, I know, I know the response they'll give. I know the stories they tell. You're not being a witness. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break the news. I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings. Let me tell you something. You can be a witness at an arm's length distance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can be a witness without hanging out every day and hanging out every weekend and keeping that snap streak alive for 417 days. You can maintain a, a relationship that's distant to the point where you can speak life into that person without having them be so close that they're affecting your spirit, they're affecting uh, your word time, your prayer time, they're affecting your destiny and you don't even know it. And so don't fall for that lie. The, I'm an evangelist to my friends, and I know they're not doing right, but uh, you know not, it's not going to work. You know I've seen it so many times. I've heard all the stories. I've seen it time and time again. These things will destroy your future. Don't allow it to destroy your future. Come out from among them. Be separate. Find friends in your church. Find friends in your youth group. Find friends that are good, God-fearing young people. And get around them, and like the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one friend sharpen another. Get around people that know the Lord maybe more intimately than you do. Get around people that know the Word more than you do. Don't constantly surround yourself with people that are on a lesser level, and then your whole life you're just dragging your friends with you. Don't allow that to be your story. Get around people that are at a higher level. Be hum humble enough to understand there's people that know more than you do. I am. You know, I, I preach all the time. You know, I do these podcasts. I travel. But do you think I don't have people in my life that I know are way more spiritually mature than I am and know the Bible more than I am and I can text them and ask them questions because they're more wise than me? Of course I do. Everyone should have that. But most people make the mistake of just dragging their inner circle around their whole life 
and it's draining. Where your whole life, you just have to pour out because your friend group isn't strong enough in the word to speak life into your life. That shouldn't be your story. That shouldn't be what your friend group is like. Get around people that are on your level, yes, but also have people above you. Whether they're older, whether it's your youth pastor, your pastor, whoever it is. Maybe it's your parents. I don't know. But have people in your life that can speak life into you that have more wisdom than you do. Because it's really exhausting It's really tiring to be around people that are going a different direction. And then your entire life, you're trying to drag them and force them into your path. Don't do it. You got to let some people go. There might be some people in your life, in your friend group, that you got to let go and say, you know what? I love you with all the love of the Lord. But listen, man, I can't stick around and hang out with you all the time because my life is on a different path than you. If you want to do stuff, if you want to go out and drink, if you want to go out to that place or hang or have sex with your girlfriend before marriage, go ahead. I'm not I'm not here to make your life, you know, miserable because I'm constantly telling you and trying to convict you of your sin. Go and do what you've set in your heart to do. Jesus had to do that with Jesus, with Judas, you know, at the table. Judas was Jesus's friend. Traveled with him, saw the miracles that he did. But when Jesus knew in his heart that Judas was going to betray him, Jesus wasn't hanging on was he? Jesus wasn't, hey man, we can work this out, just stick around. No, Jesus was like, you know what? Go and do it. Go and do what you've set in your heart to do. The devil has filled thine heart. Read it. That's what he said. And so you have to get to that place. I don't know who's listening. I don't know what your friend group's like, but maybe this is really ministering to you right now. Maybe you're really learning something right now. And my prayer and my hope for this episode is that there are testimonies of people And I'm not saying be a jerk about it. I'm not saying call them up and just rebuke them for their sin for 45 minutes and tell them that you are disgusted with their life and then never talk to them again. I'm not saying do it that way. Do everything with the love of the Lord. But there will have to be a separation that you're on a separate path. And I hope that some of you can make that decision today. I know a lot of you are really great and you have great friends and maybe this doesn't minister to you the same way. But for some of you, I know you have friends that I, like, like Jonadab, like I'm talking about today. And you might have to make that decision to separate from the crowd and choose holiness and choose God's way, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so it doesn't matter if you were raised in church your whole life. It doesn't matter if your mom and dad had Bible study with you every night before bed. You know, those things are all great. But if you surround yourself with dummies, if you surround yourself with sinful people, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings today, but you will become the people that you hang around. And so make a decision to understand you're on a different path. You're going God's way. And let me tell you something. God will give you friends to replace the ones you lost that are godly. God will replace your sinful friends with friends that love the Lord and maybe want to go to Bible school or things like that. And so don't sweat it. And like I said, learn to be content all by yourself. You don't need friends. You know, maybe that's difficult for people more than it is for me. But growing up, I didn't have, you know, I had friends, but most of the time I spent was alone. And so, you know, in 10th grade, I I, uh, finished school online, you know, so I was home all the time. I knew I wanted to do ministry. And so I just thought to myself, you know, what's the point of going to high school every day and wasting my time? I'll just finish online and it doesn't matter to me. I didn't go to my prom. <laughs> you know, I didn't go to homecoming. You know, I was on my football team, but I I, I, uh, I said, you know what? This doesn't matter to me, you know? And me, I know that's a harder thing for some people. I'm not saying to, you know, shave your head and go in the mountains and be a monk and <laughs> have a one little tied up bag with all your possessions in it. But there will be a separation that the Lord requires of you, especially if you're called, especially if you're called. And I know a lot of you that watch or listen to these are called. And so the Lord requires a greater level of separation and holiness for those that he calls. And so learn to be content with yourself and God. Maintain a prayer life. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Bible says it. Jesus said it in John 14. He's a helper. He's a friend. Learn, learn to friend, a friendship with the Holy Spirit. It won't feel like something's lacking. It will feel 
full to overflowing when you come to that realization that the Holy Spirit is leading you. Those that are the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. And so learn to understand what the Spirit's speaking. Learn to understand the love of the Holy Ghost and the love of God and be content with that. And like I said, this might be more difficult to accept from some than others. But for me, it's no, nothing's better than that. Even now, you know, I, I, have, I have friends, but most of my time is spent alone studying or praying or preparing for something. And I love it. I don't feel dissatisfied. I don't feel lonely. And uh, it's because I love the Holy Spirit, you know, and I love the Lord. And I love, that's my ultimate first relationship is that. And so once you place that first, you won't feel like you're lacking in any other area. And like I said, God will give you both. I'm not saying you have to choose. But what I am saying is when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things shall be added unto you. Jesus said that as well. And so seek first the kingdom. Seek first holiness. Seek first pursuing your calling and your destiny. And then God because he's a good God and a loving God and merciful and a blesser and our provider, he gives us everything else on top of that anyway, right? And so I'm not saying you have to choose loneliness and choose to be alone, no. I'm saying once you make the decision to turn from a Jonah Dab or, or the second relationship that I'm gonna get into from the Bible, once you make that decision to turn away, then God gives you both. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that helps you, encourages you. Um, well, someone, someone's calling me mid-podcast. Wow. So I need to burn time right now because I don't want to hang up on him because that would be rude. Let me text him. So if you're watching this right now, I'm doing a custom text. Hey, sorry, I'm recording a podcast right now. Can I call you back later? Uh, see, I have friends. See, I proved it right now live on this podcast. Um, call you back. See, I proved it. See, that was like the Holy Spirit right there. People are like, oh man, Preston doesn't have friends. And then live on the podcast, someone called me. And it's clapped. Someone called me live on the podcast. That's right. I have friends. I have like two friends. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, bad company will corrupt good manners. And so don't try to evangelize through friendship. It doesn't work. You know, uh, like I said, you can evangelize with an arm's distance from people that are living a lifestyle. Um, that uh, they shouldn't be. And so I want you to turn to 2 Samuel, uh, no, excuse me, not 2 Samuel 13, 30. We read that. See, now I'm out of the loop now. Okay, Judges 16. Judges 16, I want to get into the second relationship that will destroy your destiny. And now here's where it gets awkward, gang, because we're going to talk about boyfriends and girlfriends. That's right. That's right, all the cooties. All the warm feelings, whatever. I don't know. Uh, Judges 16. Judges 16. Let's talk about Delilah. Uh-oh. <sighs> Delilahs are not good, gang. And let me tell you something. Delilah is not always a girl. And neither is Jonadab always a boy. So don't get caught in the genders of things. We're going gender fluid on the podcast today, but not in a weird way. Um, but yeah... Seriously, I'm kind of joking, joking about it, but in all honesty, Delilah can be a boy and Jonadab can be a girl. And so I'm not trying to attack a gender. I'm not trying to attack an individual person today. I'm trying to show you from the Bible clearly that a romantic relationship with this kind of individual that we're going to read about, I want to show you what it does in someone's life. Someone that's called and anointed by the Holy Ghost, by the way. Because we're going to talk about Delilah, and obviously you know Delilah was Samson's prostitute. I don't, know, I don't think they were boyfriend and girlfriend, but I'm using it as a boyfriend and girlfriend because it's romantic and uh, things like that. Uh, Delilah was the prostitute from the Philistines that Samson would frequent and would have uh, relationships with, you know what I'm saying? And... Uh, it took out his life. And you know Samson's story, he was anointed. He was consecrated from birth, was uh, an, was given instructions, his mother was, 
of things not to do with Samson so that he could remain consecrated and holy. Um, he would touch no un unclean thing or dead thing. He wouldn't be allowed to drink alcohol. And he would never have his hair cut. And there might be a fourth one. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I say that to say that the Holy Spirit was on Samson's life from the time he was born. You know, he had strength, the Bible says, because of the spirit that was on him. And he was able to take out basically entire armies by himself because the spirit of the Lord was upon him and would anoint him to be so mighty in battle that he would take out thousands and thousands of people with the jawbone of a donkey. And um, in the end, he pushed down those pillars to kill all the uh, captains and leaders of the Philistine army in that in that temple. And so he was anointed. Don't think Samson wasn't anointed. He was. But here's the relationship that was sent into his life to take him out and completely alter his destiny in God of what the Lord was going to do through him because of a wrong relationship with a woman named Delilah. And so if you take notes, the second relationship, again, remember, this podcast is entitled Two Relationships That Will Destroy Your Future or Destroy Your Destiny. I don't know which one I chose. Um, so here's the second one, Delilah, the wrong girlfriend or boyfriend. Judges 16, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. She said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me. You have not told me where your great strength lies. Verse 16. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. Has anyone ever been there? His soul was vexed to death because of day after day, Delilah was asking him the secret to his strength. And so I need to pre preface this real quick as well. Um, Delilah was having relations with Samson. And so the Philistine army found out about this and they devised a plan to use Delilah to reveal the secret of Samson's strength. Interesting because my mic is a Samson. So this is like so powerful right now. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But she was given an assignment to sleep with him. And then when she would do so, ask him the secret to his strength. And she's done this. Th this is the craziest part about this story. This happened like three times in a row. Okay, so what happened was she would be with him, right? And then she'd ask him the secret to his strength. And then he'd lie to her about what the secret was. And so she would do the thing that he said. And then she'd have soldiers with swords and weapons waiting right outside where they were, you know, together. And she'd do the thing that Samson said revealed his strength or took it away. And they'd come in, full-grown soldiers, men, with weapons and try to kill Samson. <laughs> and he'd kill him because obviously his strength hadn't left him. It was a lie. And so listen, this is crazy to me. Just think about this. This happened 30 times in a row. Let me tell you something. If I was with a girl, and I never would be, but let's just say hypothetically I was Samson in this situation. If this happened one time... <laughs> where I had to lie about the secret to my strength because I didn't want the anointing to be taken away. And then soldiers run in with machetes to kill me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That would be the last time I'd see Delilah. <laughs> I would say, Delilah, hey, listen, things were going good. It was all cool. You seemed nice. But then, you know, that, remember that whole thing where uh, I told you the secret to my strength and then people were hiding in the room with us and I didn't know it and they tried to kill me that one time. Yeah, uh, that's the end because you're crazy and obviously you don't love me because you want to kill me. So this whole thing we got going on, it's coming to an end. Uh, but that's just me. I don't know about you guys, but I find that crazy. This man, Samson, was simping for Delilah. Let's be honest. Let's keep it straight. You know, this man was <laughs> this man was fighting to the death over and over again just to be with this girl and still didn't make the decision to separate from it. But anyways, let's get serious. There's no laughing on this podcast. No funny things should be said. 
Uh, but I think that's crazy. Okay, verse 17 of Judges 16. And he told her all his heart. Mistake. You never tell Delilah all your heart. You tell her like maybe 10%. No, you don't tell her anything because you don't want to be with her. And he told her all his heart. And he said to her, a razor. So here he tells her the real secret. A razor has never come upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw, so here's the heart of Delilah. Here's the heart of that person, that boyfriend or girlfriend that you shouldn't be with. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her, and brought the money in their hands. They're paying her off. She made him sleep on her knees, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out just as the other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. He did not know that the Lord had left him. I never want to be there. I don't know about you. Verse 21. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza, Gaza, and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in prison. He's being used for slave labor. Here's the encouraging part. But the hair of his head began to grow again. After it had been shaved. Humbling, no? Delilah is that relationship that makes you believe that love is a compromise. That in order to love me, you have to compromise your conviction. In order to love me, you have to change the parts of who you are that make you who you are. Never let someone make you believe that in order to love them, you have to stoop to their level. And I want to make it clear, I'm not talking about any specific person. I'm staying in the Bible today. I'm trying to give you information that I think will help you in your future. Because the person that God has for you won't make you go down to their level. They'll make you elevate to their level. You know, I hope that you make the decision today to set within your heart that the person you're going to be with, that person that God has for you, which he does have for you, is someone that will help you, not hurt you. Someone that will pray with you and encourage you to pray more than you ever have. Someone that will read the Bible with you every night on FaceTime or whatever, more than you ever have. Someone that will encourage you, give you a book that they liked that was spiritual. You know, you might think, oh, that sounds lame. Okay, you know, maybe I'm not speaking to you. But the person that God has for you will, will help you go and grow in God, not make you go the other way. Not make you feel shame for going to church on a Wednesday night where they wanted to go get ice cream or something. I don't know. The person that God has for you won't judge you because you go to Bible study on Thursday nights at your pastor's house and they want that to be a date night and they want to take that away from you. I think the person that God has for you will have great joy in coming to things like that with you. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to take you away from that. God did not design relationships to make people worse than they were when they were alone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Saying, God designed relationships to make you better than you were when you were alone. You think of the Garden of Eden with Adam. God saw Adam. In the beginning, God only thought he'd have man, but he saw man and he, and he said, it's not good that he's alone. 
It's not good. So he took a rib from Adam and he formed woman from the rib of man. And he designed the woman to be a helpmeet. An ecclesia is the word to help the man. And so let me speak to the men for a second here. The person, the woman that God has for you is there to help you. Period. You might think, oh, he's sexist, he's he's misogynistic, whatever. It's the Bible, so you know, be mad if you want. But God's design was to have women help men. That's what a wife is. It's what it literally means, ecclesia, one to come, one called to come alongside. And so the person that God has for you, men, young men, old men, whoever's listening is someone that will help you in your calling. Not make it harder. They should help. They should put their hand to the plow with you. They should make, you know, what your vision is, they should come into agreement with that and help it expand and grow. They cultivate. You know, that's part of uh, the design of women. Women can't produce seed. Woman can only multiply the seed that's given. Man has seed. I'm not trying to get like, super medical and anatomy and stuff, but man carries seed and the woman receives the seed and then creates something amazing with it. You know, a woman can take a house and make it a home. A woman can take, um, I'm not trying to get gross, but you know what I'm saying? A woman can make children out of the seed from the man. And so that's how it's designed to be. And so never think love's a compromise that you just have to you know, may, things are worse when you're in the relationship than they were, when they were when you were alone. That's not how it's designed to be. Now, don't get me wrong. Love is a sacrifice. And there is things, there are things that you'll have to give in love in order to love in the right way. And because, you know, John 3, 16, giving is the purest expression or form of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so, yes, there, is, there are things you'll sacrifice and give for love. But you don't have to compromise your conviction to be compassionate. You will give in love. You will give in a relationship. But you don't have to compromise the conviction. And if the conviction is that woman's a helper and to help me, then don't compromise it. Don't settle for less than God's best for your life. Pursue the best. And for the ladies on here, don't settle for some bomb. Don't settle for someone that's less spiritual than you are. And then your whole life's a struggle because you're trying to get your husband to pray with you and he doesn't want to, or he doesn't want to go to church every Sunday or whatever. And your whole life, you're dragging this guy along because you settled for less than God's best. That's not the man that God has for you. So don't settle. Don't allow that Delilah, whether it's a male or a female, to destroy and derail your destiny in God. Pursue God's best. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Seek peace about it. Ask the Lord for direction about relationships to start. Don't just do something because it seems right. Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man or a woman, but the end thereof is death. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord directs his steps. And so just because something seems good, oh, they're they're in Bible school. Oh, they're in my youth group. Oh, they prayed one time in youth group. They must really love God. No, it's not that way. There's more than meets the eye. It's all surface. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost. You got to seek direction from God. Is this the perfect will of God for me? Is this the person for me? Or is it my flesh desiring something and trying to force it into God's will? People do that all the time. Something seems good. The person seems to have all the qualities you want, but you're forcing something by your own hand that God's hand has to move on. And let me tell you something. When you get in the spirit and you pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll know. There'll be an inward knowing of what decision to make. Trust me. And so don't compromise those convictions. Don't settle for, the, for less than God's best for you. It goes both ways for girls and guys. And so... Here's something about Delilah. Delilah tries to convince you that in order to love her or love him, you must give the thing that God said was your strength. Oh, wait. Oh, my goodness. This is good. 
This is blessing me. Delilah will try to convince you that in order to love her or him, you must give up the thing that God said was your strength. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. You know, you're a young lady and you love the Lord. Maybe you went to Bible school. Maybe you're being used outside of Bible school now. And this guy you like, he doesn't want you to speak in front of people. He doesn't want you to post things on your social media because he's jealous of guys that are watching you flourish in the ministry or what, you know, whatever. And so because of his insecurity and jealousy, he wants you to pull back on the things of God and he wants you to be more like something that he wants and he wants to form and fashion you and, and, uh, make you something that you're not in order to love him. Break up with him, period. Don't pray for him. Don't try to ask God to make him change. Break up with him. You're a young man listening. There's a girl that you're dating. And it seems like you can't even walk in the fullness of your purpose because there's so many hindrances and roadblocks and stuff that you want to do that you feel pressure that you can't do because of what they'll say and how they'll think of you. Break up with her, period. Break up with her, break up with him. I'm just telling you, again, I'm not attacking any personal person. I'm not trying to make things, you know, I'm talking about Delilah and I'm talking about Jonadab today. That's what I'm talking about from the Bible. And I'm trying to give you wisdom from these stories of things that will change your life and help you in these areas of relationships. Don't allow a Delilah, whether it's male or female, to steal the gifts that God gave to you. They're your gifts. And the person that is called to be with you will love your gift and will want it to flourish and multiply and not want to stifle it and smother it with a pillow until it's dead. That's not what God wants for you. Male or female, boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife, God does not want you to be with someone that will steal and limit and hinder the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Hmm. Father, right now, I thank you that this podcast is speaking to someone right now. I thank you, Lord, that as I'm speaking, someone's being convicted to end a relationship. Father, I thank you for the boldness that that person will do it and do it quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. There is such a spiritual attack of confusion when it comes to relationships and intimacy in our generation. You know, it's, it's a confusion and a mistake that they make you think that love is actually lust. Or excuse me, lust is actually love. You know, we, we live in such a hyper-sexualized culture that they make you think things are love that are not love at all. You got to be led by your spirit more than ever before, more than throughout any period of time on the earth. You must be led by the Holy Ghost. You must. You must. It's a must. Someone said, do I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to be saved? I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart and buy a frozen pizza. I need the Holy Ghost to walk outside and get mail from my mailbox, man. Yeah, you need the Holy Ghost. We live in a corrupt world, a dark world. You need the Holy Ghost every single day. Any major decision that you make, it must be led by the Holy Spirit. You need supernatural power to fight supernatural issues. You can't fight something supernatural in your natural flesh. It's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's not going to work. It won't be effective. Learn to be led by the Spirit. Read Galatians 5, verses 16 to 24, about the war within your, your members, the war within a human being, a person, the war between spirit and flesh. Win that fight. Choose the Spirit. Consecrate and, and crucify your flesh. That's why I told you I, I feel led to speak about holiness and the Holy Spirit because it's so important. So many people are throwing away their life because they're so flesh-driven they can't see what the Spirit wants. 
I want to be led by the Spirit. The person I marry, I want it to be confirmed by the Holy Ghost. I want it to be the perfect will of God. I don't want good. I don't want good enough. I don't want okay. I don't want above average. I want the perfect will of God. And if I have to seek it in prayer and fasting, if I have to go on a 40-day fast to seek the answer, I'll do it because I want the best from God. I don't want less than the best. I don't want good enough. I want perfect will. I want that, and I want it for you. Break up with that person if it's not that way. Go for the best. Drive and have an unction in your spirit that I will pursue the best for my life. I want the fullness of God in my life. I want every part of my destiny to be fulfilled. I want 100% of what God wants for me to happen. I don't want 80%. I don't want 90%. I don't want 99.9%. I want every single thing from God. And if I have to turn away, if I have to separate, if I have to make decisions to consecrate if I have to make a decision not to hang out with a certain crowd or to break up with my boyfriend or my girlfriend I'll do it because I love the Lord that much and I want that full purpose of God to be evident I don't want good enough I don't want to settle I don't want it I don't I want the best I want the perfect will and I hope you do too it's important it's so important God's looking for you. The eyes of the Lord, they search to and fro, seeking for someone whose heart is fixed on him that he might show himself strong on their behalf. God's looking for you. God's looking for someone that will remain holy in a corrupt, perverse, wicked, hyper-sexualized world. And it's going to be you in Jesus' name. It's going to be you in Jesus' name. You'll stand out from among the crowd all the days of your life in the name of Jesus. Because of teachings like this where someone actually cared, where someone actually told you how it is. I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. I'm not. I'm tired of seeing my generation be deceived and lied to and ignored. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. You'll find the right person. You'll have the right friendships. You'll have the boldness to break off things you need to break off in Jesus' name. Father, give them the boldness right now as I pray in Jesus' name to make the decisions they need to make. Sin is not a natural issue. Sin is a supernatural issue. But thank God that Jesus gave us access to the Holy Spirit, allowing us to overcome every attack in the world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. And many people stop there, but I don't. It says, comma, but be of good cheer, be happy. For I, meaning Jesus, has overcome the world. You're an overcomer through Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. Through the blood of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're an overcomer. You're victorious, and you're more than a conqueror. Holiness and the Holy Spirit, they go together. People don't want to take time on topics like this, and that's fine. They can preach 17 steps to a cleaner kitchen. They can share their favorite pancake recipe. Whatever they do now, I don't even know what people preach anymore because they are afraid of the response of people that will disagree. They're afraid of being called a Pharisee and being called judgmental and be called critical and to be called a jerk, whatever it is. But I'm afraid. I saw a quote today. Who said that? What quote? Was that A.W. Tozer? It might have been where he said, I'm afraid of a generation that has confused relevance with worldliness. I'm paraphrasing. I don't think that's the exact quote, and I'm not sure if it was A.W. Tozer. But if you take notes, write that down. Not that I'm afraid, like, I can't sleep at night, but it stirs my spirit up, and I agree with them. There's a generation that has confused relevancy with worldliness. But that is coming to an end in our generation in Jesus' name. There's people rising up. I love seeing kids 
and teenagers from our youth group in our church going on live on Instagram and talking about holiness. I love it. I love it so much. God's raising up preachers, young men and young women all over the place that are coming out strong about this kind of stuff, and I love it. Don't be embarrassed of it. Don't be ashamed to be one of us. I count you a brother. I count you a sister. I'm thankful for you. Holiness and the Holy Spirit. All it takes is one encounter with the Holy Spirit and you'll never be the same. Even as a young person, you can be assured of the direction of your life because you're following after the Spirit. And so I'm going to come up to the end of this podcast. I, I taught what I wanted to teach and I hope it helped you. If this blessed you, share it on your story. Tag a friend somewhere. Share it with people. Um, I love when people share these episodes. I think, you know, without you guys, I couldn't reach nearly the amount of people that I do. And so I'm thankful. But if this blessed you, if there's someone you know that needs to hear this kind of stuff, share it with them. And I think it will bless them. But I want to pray for every single person that's listening right now, either as I release this or in the future. And we're going to pray that you receive the boldness to make decisions you need to make. Maybe you were convicted as I was speaking today about a relationship that maybe you're presently in. And I want to pray to that God will give you the boldness to make that decision soon, quickly. Don't wait a week. Make it quickly. And God will give you the ability to do so because we're going to pray together right now. And uh, I want you guys to know I really love you. I really care about you. The reason I come on here and do these episodes is because I value your future. I value our generation. And I believe in our generation. I'm not one of these people that thinks, you know, there's no hope for this generation and they only care about this and that and they're worldly and that, whatever. No, God is doing something in our generation. I believe it. And even if you're older listening to this, you know, I try not to make people feel left out if they're older and they listen to these episodes. But uh, part of my calling is ministering to people that are younger because I'm young, you know. And so I hope this blessed you. But let's pray together for God to confirm his word and to help you walk out what we talked about today. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You're calling a generation back to holiness and power through the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, that your word declares that those that are the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. And so, Father, we declare and claim that ownership and that sonship or daughtership by the Holy Ghost today because decisions will be made that need to be made so that we can come to a life of holiness and accomplish our full purpose in you. I thank you, God, right now that you would give the boldness to people that need the boldness to make that decision to come out, come out from among the crowd and be separate and end relationships that need to be ended in Jesus' name. The boldness comes right now by the Holy Spirit. Wherever they are and whenever they're listening, it comes by your Spirit. I thank you, Father, that your Word is the most powerful thing in the universe, that your Word must produce and accomplish what it's sent to do. I thank you for this time on the podcast. I thank you for all my friends that are listening right now. I thank you for their desire to grow and love you and pursue your word and hear teaching and preachings like these ones. I thank you, God, you'd bless their hunger. I thank you that you'd renewed their strength. And I thank you that you're calling us back to holiness and power and you're doing a mighty thing in our generation. I pray it right now in the name of Jesus, that precious name, Amen. Amen. I love you guys. I really do. Um, I hope this blessed you. Again, if you want to share this with somebody, if you have Instagram, you can tag me and I'll see it and I'll, I'll repost you. And uh, I know that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to be impressed in story. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if you want to, I love that. And that really helps me get the word out. And so if you want to share this on your platforms, and uh, I'd, I'd love it. And I hope it would reach someone that needs to hear it. And so, with that being said, if you want to, I always give the option at the end where you can go to my website, PrestonShuttlesworth.com, and there's a tab on there where you can give, 
and uh, partner with my ministry on a monthly level, or if you just feel led to give a one-time gift, you can do that as well. Any size um, you can do there. There's a custom amount you can put. And so if you feel led to do that, you can do that there. And uh, I'm going to try to work on some other giving methods that are easier. I have a cash app and stuff, but that seems like weird. Maybe it's not. My cash app is just dollar sign my name, Preston Shuttlesworth. So if you want to use that, you can. Um, but anyways, I hope this podcast blessed you. And uh, I'll be on here more because I'm going to be home for a little bit. And so I'm going to make some more episodes of these podcasts. And so, yeah, I love you. I hope this blessed you. And until next time, I want you to know that I love you, God loves you, and I'll talk to you very soon. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.